the book of Ephesians chapter 1. We've been looking several services at these first few verses. And you know, really we're talking about, in my thinking, we're talking about the work of God, the Father, the work of the Son, and the work of the Holy Ghost in, in salvation. And I, I, I'd like to say this, all of the epistles, beginning with Romans all the way through the Revelation, that is written to saved people. It's not written to a lost world. It's written, you, you just check it over and over. The book of Hebrews might be a little bit elusive to start with, but if you'll look at it, in the first two or three verses, you'll find there that it is written to a people that know God. So, when you see these epistles, uh, letters to uh, Philemon, Titus, Timothy, used toward the lost, uh, uh, the, the letter, the first three chapters in the Revelation especially chapter number 3, continually addressed toward lost people. That's, that's not true, folks. It's not true. These letters are written to churches, to the saved, to the elect, to the brethren, to the saints. You'll, you'll find that throughout. And you, you, you get your Bible out and you read. You, you won't have to read far in every book. Within the first five or six verses, you'll find who the letter is written to. But we'd like to look tonight again. Um, I'm going to read. I'm going to read the first uh, six or seven verses. If you could bear with us, Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ, by the will of God to the saints which are at Ephesus, and to the faithful in Christ Jesus. Grace be to you and peace from God our Father and from the Lord Jesus Christ. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who hath blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ. According as He has chosen us in Him before the foundation of the world that we should be holy and without blame before Him in love having predestinated us unto the adoption of children by Jesus Christ to Himself, according to the good pleasure of His will, to the praise of the glory of His grace, wherein He hath made us accepted in the Beloved. I believe we'll stop right there. We might be able to get farther, but i I just like to think, you know, here is a letter... And, and, and Paul, I believe Paul is calling our attention to this. How could this happen? I, I'd like for you to think, if we think about verse number 6, maybe it could be our focus. But as you think about that, to the praise of the glory of, of His grace, wherein He hath made us accepted in the Beloved. Well now... <laughs> When you think about the glory of His grace, think about what would bring that about. Uh, that word glory, and I believe this would help us, maybe, maybe the word glory, it means this, 
to think or to appear or to show or to exhibit to duly acknowledge the honor, the splendor, the value. So as you think about the grace of God, God is showing. God is making to appear. God is putting on display the greatness of His grace. The gloriousness of His grace. And as you think about that, you know, that uh, if I think of what I am and what I was, think about how glorious that the grace of God would come to... We're all alike. I, I don't mean to say that in any way reproachful to you, but I know what I was. And honest to God, I was on the brink of going to hell. And this is the truth. When you, you think about this, to the praise of the glory of His grace. That God would look on something like me. You know, there's nobody knows you like you know you. Nobody knows. I, I know the honest to God truth is that man is always putting on a show for the audience. That's the truth. You, you can deny that if you want to. But man always puts on a show for the audience. But what are we when the lights are out? What are we when nobody's looking? What are we? I tell you, when I think about that, and I think about where I was, where I was headed, and that Almighty God, through the work of God Himself, would choose, would choose to love and choose to bestow grace upon something like me. You know, I, I would say this, who is praising God for the glory of His grace today? You know, there's very little. There's very little praise for the glory of God's grace. The, the glory now, again, that word glory, uh, to exhibit, to think, to appear, to show, due acknowledgement. Uh, uh, listen to a verse or two. Here, here in the book of John, chapter 11, listen to these two verses. John chapter 11 and verse number 4, we find that Mary and Martha has sent word to Jesus that his friend, their brother, has died. Listen to what the Bible said. Jesus heard that. He said, This sickness is not unto death, but that the glory of God, that the Son of God might be glorified thereby. What's going to happen? I tell you, Jesus Christ is going to appear. He's going to appear like He is due honor. He's going to appear like He is due glory. He is due to be exalted. It's going to appear by the work that He's going to do down at the tomb. It's going to appear that there ought to be some acknowledgement of who He is. Can you see that picture of glory? That there's something due that the work that He's going to do 
at the tomb is going to bring about ought to be an acknowledgement for the glory of God, right? So what we're reading in Ephesians, what we're reading thus far, just the first six verses, it ought to bring about from who? Oh, I tell you, from, from those that are saved, from those who have been chosen, from those who have been predestined, from those who God has called, from those that God has done a work in, there should be praise to the glory of His grace. Not praise, I don't want to say that in the wrong way, not praise for His glorious grace, but praise to the glory of His grace. Praise to what God has done. Uh, if, it, if it could appear to us, you know that word there, it says to seem, to think, to seem, S-E-E-M. So it seems that God ought to be glorified, doesn't it? When I look at where I was, when I look at the condition that I was in, when I look at what God has done, when I look at what the Lord has done, when I look at the predestination that God was going to adopt me and bring me into the family of God, you would think that that would bring praise to the glory of God's grace. We ought to look, ladies and gentlemen, and see where we were. We ought to look, and I tell you, if there's no praise... We ought to wonder tonight if we've ever been really saved and born again. We ought to look tonight and see where we've come from. I tell you, it may be uh, that we're like very a lot of other people that we consider ourselves to be something uh, that we are not. We may consider ourselves to be children of God. We may consider ourselves to be ch- uh, uh, elect. We may consider ourselves to be saved. But I ask you this, is there any praise to the glory of this grace? Oh, friend, I wonder if there's no praise. Oh, where have we come from? Has there really been a change? Have we really been brought from death unto life? Have we really been brought from being a child of the devil to a child of God? Has there really been a work of God done in our lives? I wonder today, where is God's praise for the glory of His grace today? Is the world praising God? The world's praising themselves. The world is praising the world. Man is praising man. Man is glorifying the uh, uh, the things that have been made. Man is glorifying what he's accomplished. Man is glorifying what he's done. Man is glorifying in his body. Man is glorifying in his bank account. Man is glorifying what he knows in his head. Man is glorifying how strong that he is. There's what man is praising. Man is praising his own appearance. But I tell you, God calls us, Paul calls us, how to be praised to the grace of the glory of God. The glory of the grace of God. What kind of grace would it be that God would choose you? Can you see what kind of grace that would be? Now imagine, imagine the condition that you and I are in and God would choose something like me. My God, it amazes me. It amazes me when we sing Amazing Grace. 
It amazes me that God would love me. It amazes me that God would even look my way. It is amazing to me that God could love such a thing as I am, such a worm as I am, so ungodly as I am, so wicked and vile as I am, even today as I am, that God would love me. But God loved me before the foundation of the world and chose me and appointed me and predestined me to be a child of God and brought me to the place of adoption. What was I? Did I deserve to be adopted? Did you deserve to be adopted? So again, I ask us this, where is the praise to the glory of His grace? Can you see what God has done for us? Can you not see what God has done? I'll read. Let me read this other verse in the book of John. Jesus down at the tomb tells Martha, Where have you laid him? Lord, by now he stinketh, for he hath been dead four days. Jesus saith unto her, Said I not unto thee that if thou would believest, thou should see the glory of God? What's going to happen? I tell you, there's something going to appear. There's something going to happen that is going to bring glory unto the Lord Jesus Christ. There's something going to happen, something going to appear that should bring about a due acknowledgement. Can you see that's what God's desiring from us? If you are saved, is there any due acknowledgement for what God has done? Are we really? Are we really? What is hindering our praise if we're genuinely saved? I don't, my, I don't say that to be ugly, but I say that honest to God to think that God would choose you, that God would choose me, that God would choose before the foundation of the world to set His love upon you, uh, to bring you, to make you. Now think where we was. What did He do by choosing us? He said that we should be. That we should be made holy and without blame. Were you holy? Did you have anything saintly, anything holy, anything godly, anything pure, anything upright about you? I'll say this for me, there was nothing holy, nothing pure, nothing upright. Uh, friend, my mouth was like an open sepulcher. Uh, friend, cussing and wickedness and vileness come out of my mouth and out of my body was, uh, was all that there was. But you know what He came to do? He came to choose me and to make me holy. Should there be some praise to the glory of His grace? Can you see what Paul is saying? He's saying this. I want you to consider. I want you to think. I want you to seem. I want you to think on this. Uh, again, the, the, the word to exhibit, to think, to appear, to show... If God, I'll tell you this, God, if we read those first six or seven verses, can you see that God has shown His wonderful grace toward us who were so undeserving? 
I, I say this, friend. If you think you deserve it, then grace is not even in the picture. And if you think you deserve it, I tell you this, you're in competition with the grace of God that is through the Lord Jesus Christ. Oh, how today uh, that it would be that there would be some praise for the glory of God's grace. But you know what's missing? We forgot where we came from. It's either that. I, I, believe there's only, I believe there's only two options. We forgot where we came from and are so exalted in ourselves. But we've never been saved. <coughs> because if you look, if the grace of God appears, if you could think on what God has done, if you would look at the grace that has been exhibited, if you could look and, 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 and read this verse, can I, can I read this verse? Can I read this verse? According as He has chosen us in Him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and without blame in Him in love. <laughs> My goodness. You know something? We were sinners on the road to hell. We were lost and undone without God. And God is going to make us holy and blameless. God is going to do a work, now think with me, that He's going to make us holy. So that work is done on the inside of man. That is a work that is done on the inner man. But He's also going to make us without blame, or you might could read it in Philippians, that blameless or without spot and without blemish. So God is going to do a work on the inside of man and is also going to do a work on the outside of man. I ask you this, I'm not saying that we're perfect in the flesh, but I ask you this, when God saved you, did He not change your demeanor? Did He not change your wants? Did He not change your desires? Did God not do a work that seemed as though God did a work on the outward man as well? He gave you a new desire, a new want to, a new love. You know what He did? He gave you a new nature. Praise for that. The glory of His grace. Praise to the glory of His grace. So He has chosen us and Him before the foundation of the world. Now here I was on the road to hell. And you know what Jesus said? He told Nicodemus, you must be born again. So I need a work of God done on the inside and I need a work of God done on the inside that will result in a work of God seemingly appears to be, looks like that God has worked on the outside as well. You know how that come about? Oh, I tell you, we were born not of corruptible seed, but of incorruptible seed by the Word of God. God did a work. He told Nicodemus, you must be born again. You must be born from above. You must be born of the water and the Spirit. You must be born of the Word of God and the work of the Holy Spirit. I tell you to think that God did a work in something like me who was at enmity with God, an enemy of God, a hater of God, a curser of God, an abomination unto God, 
God. Everything that you could name, every sin you can put on the list, I tell you, I was guilty of it. And God. God. It began with God. God chose you. If you're saved, what about the rest of us? I tell you, the gospel is going out. And if you'll come to the gospel and the good news that Jesus Christ uh, came to this earth, died on the cross of Calvary for your sins because you're a sinner just like I was, uh, because you were on your road to hell just like I was, uh, because you've been a hater of God and a curser of God, and your mouth, uh, friend, out of it was like a serpent's tongue. Out of that would come deadly poisoning, killing others. I tell you, if you would come to the gospel, if you would come and realize that you're a sinner, if you would realize you need the grace of God, if you would realize you need to be made holy, if you would realize you need to be cleaned on the inside and on the outside, you can be saved. According as He has chosen us in Him before the foundation of the world that we should be holy and without blame before Him in love. So, so uh, as First Peter, we've already we've already sort of quoted that, but let me just read it so I don't uh, uh, butcher it. For as much as now, listen, you know, do you know this? Do you know that you are not redeemed? Do you know that you are not brought into the family of God by your works? by your mother's works, by the works of the church, but you were brought into the family of God by the work of God Almighty. Here's what the Bible said. The Bible said we, uh, uh, we were not redeemed with corruptible things as silver and gold uh, from your vain conversation received by tradition from your fathers, but with the precious blood of Christ as a lamb without blemish and without spot, who was verily foreordained. You know what that means? Foreknown, predestined before the foundation of the world, but was manifest in these last times for who? For you. Thank God. You know what the Lord has done? Uh, through the gospel, through the preaching of the Word of God, through the blood of Jesus Christ, I've been brought into the family of God. But it all began with God. That's true. That we would be holy and without blame before Him in love. How can a God hater stand before Him in love? How can I, how can I now, how can I come to love God whom I hated? I tell you, He's going to do a work in me. He's going to make me, He's going to make me holy and without blame. He's going to, he's going to adopt me into the family of God. Now listen. He can't just do this haphazardly. He can't say, well, you're a child of, you're a child of hell. I, I'll, I'll just forgive you. Oh, no. No, there's got to be a price paid. There's, there's, there's got to be a ransom, verse number 7. Uh, there's got to be a redeeming. There's got to be a ransom paid. But here I am, a child of hell. Here I am, headed down the road of destruction. Here I am, a God-hater. And He's going to make me to stand before Him and love God. Wow. 
What a change. Has God made that kind of change in your heart? If God has made that kind of a change in your heart, there should be praise to the glory of His grace. I don't remember which. I believe it's the Corinthians. Paul said, Ye are our epistle, known and read of all men. You know what Paul was saying? He said, I don't need to write a letter. He said, You are my letter. You are. You are my ministry. You are you are putting on display, you are the acknowledgement of, you appear as the epistle that I would write about a real church. You are my epistle, known and read of all men. Let me tell you folks, that if God has done a work in your heart, then we ought to be an epistle that could be read, and you know what it ought to be? It ought to be to the praise of the glory of His grace. He would take me a child of hell. I can't get away from that line in that song. I'm sorry. Could in His image appear. In His image appear. In His image shine. Now what could bring that about? It must be. It must be me a child of hell, me against God, me a God-hater, and I'm going to love God. I'll tell you, it's absolutely impossible for this to be with man. It's impossible for you and I. It's impossible for us. Our friend, as a people, we could all pull ourselves together, our friend, and do all that we could do, and we could never. We could never make one proselyte. We could never make one child of God. I tell you what I was. I was a child of hell, but now I I'm a child of God that ought to bring about praise to the glory of His grace. To the praise of the glory of His grace. So, you know, man doesn't want to come to God. I realize we're living in a world today in a church world that says, well, uh, uh, these, these people want to get right. They don't want to get right. If drugs is destroyed in their health, they might want to get off drugs. If alcohol is destroyed in their marriage, they might want to get off alcohol. They might just soon divorce that woman and get a new one. Or vice versa with the men. But people want to come to God? No, ma'am, and no, sir. There is nobody who wants to come to God, and the Bible will back that up. You know what it'll take for you to want to come to God? God to do a work in your heart. God to bring you under conviction. God to bring you to the place that you're guilty. God to bring you to the place you see you're unholy. God to bring you to the place where you see you're spotted. Where you see that you're ugly. Where you see you're rejected. Where you see God will not accept you. God will have to do that work in your heart before you ever want to come to God. Man doesn't want to come to God. What a lie of the devil. Let me... Let me just go with that a moment. Let's get them. Let's get them. 
by our workings. Let's get them by our persuasion. Let's talk them in. Let's preach them in. Let's put the pressure on them. And I don't mean preach them in. I don't mean I'm, ta- I'm not talking about the Holy Ghost working. I'm talking about the workings of man. I'm talking about you work on them and you get them to admit. You get them to come. You give them some false hope. And friend, if God doesn't do the work, if God doesn't begin the work, if God doesn't do work in the heart, it won't be long. I friend, they'll be gone. And you know what they'll be? I friend, they'll be a twofold child of hell because of man intervening in the work of God. This salvation is a work of God. A work of the Trinity. We'll see it in these verses. It's a work of God. In verse number 4, 5, and 6, it's a work of the Son. In the following few verses, and it's a work of the Holy Spirit following that. If God doesn't do a work in your heart, there will never be any praise for God. We can pretend like we're saved. We can tell people we're saved. But there is no glory. There is no appearance, no acknowledgement, no exhibiting through your praise to the glory of God's grace. Why is that missing? Again, I say there's only two, there's only two things. We forgot where we came from. Or we've never been delivered. We've never been saved. The Bible says this. You know, I thought about this today. The Lord Jesus said this. Oh, Jerusalem, Jerusalem, how oft I would have gathered you as a hen doth gather her chicks under her wings, and you would not. I'll say it one more time. Oh, Jerusalem, Jerusalem, how often, the words of the Lord Jesus, I would have gathered you as a hen doth gather her chicks under her wings, and you would not. There's nothing unusual about that. That is just as normal as normal can be. No man can come to me. No man will come to me. No man will desire to come to me unless God First, does a work. So when you read old Jerusalem, Jerusalem, why didn't they come? Why didn't they hear in John chapter 10? Why didn't they hear and understand His words? Jesus Himself said this, because you are not My sheep. The Bible said His sheep hear His voice And a stranger they would not follow. You'd like to kill me. Why is it that you hear with a natural ear, but you don't hear in the heart? Why is it that we sit in the church Sunday after Sunday after Sunday? Why is it that there's no praise? I'll tell you why there's no praise. 
uh, friend, by the words of the Lord Jesus Christ, either we've forgotten where we came from, or there's never been a work of God for us to acknowledge and for us to exhibit and us to see and understand what God has done for us. So he says this, having predestined us unto adoption of children by Jesus Christ to Himself according to the good pleasure of His will. So, impossible for man to come to God. But God adopted us. God adopted something that nobody else wanted. God adopted what the natural mother, the natural father of every one of you, I don't mean that literally, I mean world-like. I mean our natural spiritual father, our natural spiritual condition, we were rejected. You know what the devil wants to do? (coughs) 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 To steal, to kill, to murder, to destroy. (laughs) You think the devil loves you? (laughs) They don't love you. The devil will kick you out any moment. But let me tell you this. We were enemies to God. I was a sworn enemy to God and God said, I'm going to adopt you. I didn't want Him to adopt me. (laughs) I tell you what He did. He brought me to the place that I saw my condition. I saw how unwanted, unloved, uncared for. I saw what a condition that I was in. The honest of God truth is I was destroying my own life with the life that I was living under the prince and the power of the, of the air. I was headed down the road to hell and didn't even know it, hating God when God was loving me. That's true. I you where he brought me to. He brought me down to the hog lot. And he would have fame filled his belly with the husk that the swine did eat. And he came to himself. Wonder how that happened. Oh, I tell you, God did a work, didn't he? God did a work. What would make a man want to be saved? A man who is a God-hater. A man who is at enmity with God. A man who is full of blasphemy and cursing and vileness. What would make a man want to go down to the church that he despised and he said it was a bunch of hypocrites? What would make a man want to go down there? Must be a work of God going on. You know what the Lord said? He said, I've determined the destination for you. The destination that I have determined for you is you're going to be my son. You're going to be one of my children. I'm going to adopt you. And listen, when you're adopted, you know what? You know what? Under Roman law, there was no adoption under, uh, uh, under Judaism. Uh, adoption, and we don't hear about it, nobody else talking about it except for Paul, but in the Roman Empire, you're adopted in. Oh yeah. When you're adopted in, you belong 
to the family that adopted and you have rights to everything that the family has. You have a share in everything that the father, the one that's over the household that brought you in and adopted you, you have rights to anything and everything that he has. But I say this, you are his property. You see, you're free and you're loved and you're adopted, but you're not without a Lord. So we're adopted. Now listen, I didn't say this. God said this. Paul wrote this down. He said, now who? Blameless before Him in love, having who is, who is this that's having predestinated us? God. Predestinated us unto adoption of children. What's the means? By Jesus Christ to Himself according to the good pleasure of His will, to His own purpose, His own desire, His own will, to the praise of the glory. I'm sorry to be going over stuff again. I I can't seem to get away from it. To the praise of the glory of His grace, wherein He hath made us accepted in the Beloved. So now, here we are, God is looking for, I believe the Apostle Paul is looking out of the Ephesian church, he's looking for there to be praise to the glory of God's grace. When they see what God has done for them, when they see that God predestined them to be adopted into His family, when they see that Jesus is the means for them to be made holy, Jesus is the means for them to be made spotless. Jesus is the means for them to be adopted into the family of God. When they see that, it's going to stir up in their heart praise for the glory of God's grace. So he says this, wherein he hath made us accepted. Wherein? What's right before that? The grace. In this grace, in this grace, we are made accepted. I told you before, that that verb, that word is used one other time in the Bible. Luke chapter number 1, verse number 28. Hail thou that are highly favored among women. Now just think what was going on. Can you imagine the thousands of years and the thousands of young ladies that thought, maybe I'll be the one that brings the Savior into the world. She was highly favored of God. For what? For the Son of God to be born in her womb. She was high. So what what does that say to us? That you and I, to the praise of the glory, to the praise of the glory of His grace, who hath made us, 
who has highly favored us. Can you see that? That God has highly... Now, I ask you this. Did Mary choose herself? Who chose Mary? Was that a work of God? We can read in Isaiah, I mean, she said herself, how, how shall this be, seeing I know not a man? Did she know Isaiah chapter 7 and chapter 9? I, I, I can't say. I can't say whether she knew that or not. This was such an incredible thing that was coming to her. Uh, if she had read it before, if she knew it, I believe it fled her mind. Hell, thou that are highly favored. My God, do you see how highly favored you are tonight if you're saved? That it was God who highly favored you. It was God who graced you with abundant grace. It was God who graced you with amazing grace. It was God who graced you with grace that started with God the Father, through God the Son, and through the work of the Holy Spirit. It was the amazing, glorious grace of God. Should there be praise to the glory of His grace? Wherein He hath made us, highly favored us, that we could be accepted in the Beloved. How else, how else but by grace could I ever be accepted? How could you ever be accepted with God but by grace? How could God... Now listen, there's a pile of stuff you forgot that you've done. There's a pile of wickedness that you've done that you've forgotten. Now you might say, oh no, I've not. you've forgot. You, there's no telling how much. Uh, Percentage-wise, there's no telling how much wickedness that you've had in your life that you've forgotten. How could God accept you? I tell you, the only way you will ever be accepted is through the glorious grace of God. He has made us accepted in the Beloved. So now, look at the verses with me. Look in verse number 4. He says this, He has chosen us in Him. Verse number 5 predestined us unto the adoption of children by Jesus Christ. To the praise of the glory of His grace where He has made us accepted in the Beloved. Verse number 7. In whom our union with the Lord Jesus Christ is the only thing that will make us accepted. And you know, He talks about Jesus, 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 Christ Jesus, Jesus Christ the Lord. But in this verse, number 6, to the praise of the glory, where He hath made us accepted in the Beloved. So I would say this, 
then in these other verses, we're seeing it from man's perspective. In verse number 6, we're seeing it from God's perspective. You know how I'm accepted? From my view, I'm accepted in Jesus Christ. From my view, I'm accepted by the work of Jesus Christ. But in God's view, I'm accepted only in the Beloved. I'm accepted only in the only begotten. How the only begotten Son of God. How the one that was in the bosom of the Father from eternity past. How the one that took on flesh and became a flesh and became a man. How the one that was the Word and the Word was made flesh and the Word dwelled among us. And we beheld His glory as the only begotten of the Father. That's how we're accepted in the Beloved One. There's no other way for us to be accepted. We were all adopted. If you're saved, you were adopted into the family. He's been in the family from eternity past. He was the only begotten, the Beloved of God. When we read in Genesis, let us, He was there. Let us make man, He was there. When they had a council, you read about the council in the book of Acts, about the council, the determinate council of God that brought Jesus Christ, that He was going to be slain, He was there. He was the only begotten of the Father. He was the Beloved One. That's the way I'm accepted. I'm only accepted in Him. I want you to listen to a few verses. So He's the Beloved One. I'll start toward the front and go towards the back. 1 John. John John 1, I'm sorry. John 1. He came to His own, and His own received Him not. But as many as received Him, to them gave He power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on His name, which were born, comma, not of blood, comma, nor of the will of the flesh, comma, nor of the will of man, comma, but of God. Isn't that wonderful? You and I were adopted. The Bible said we were children of the devil. The Bible said we were children of darkness. But you know what? Through the beloved I am, I'm a son of God. I've been made a son of God and so have you. If you've been saved, you're a son of God. Turn with me to Colossians chapter 3. Colossians chapter 3. You might not be liking this, but I tell you, I am enjoying this to see what God has done for us. Colossians chapter 3 verse 12. Listen to the words now. Put on therefore as the elect of God, comma, holy... And beloved, your beloved, your beloved because of his beloved. Look with me again, Second Thessalonians chapter two, 
verse 13. We are bound to give thanks always to God for you, brethren, beloved of the Lord, because God hath from beginning, from the beginning chosen you to salvation through, here's the means, sanctification of the Spirit and belief of the truth. You know why you believe the Word of God? The work of the Holy Ghost. The sanctification of the Spirit brought you to the place that you would believe the Word of God. So we're beloved. The church at Thessalonica is beloved. The people at Colossae are beloved. Go with me to John chapter 17. John chapter 17. We've already read this as we've looked into this Scripture. But read with me again. John chapter 17, verse 23. So now, where are we? He's praying for His church. He's praying for those that are saved and those that will be saved. I in them... Verse number 22, let's just start there. And the glory which Thou gavest Me, I have given unto them, that they may be one even as we are. I in them, read with me, and Thou in Me, so God's in the, in the Son, the disciples, the believers are in the Son, I in them, so Christ is in the church, I in them, thou in me, that they may be made perfect in one, and that the world may know that thou hast sent me and hast loved them. Listen now. Love them as thou hast loved me. Father, I will that thou also whom thou hast given me be with me. Where I am, they may be they may behold my glory, which Thou hast given me, for Thou lovest me. Now don't forget, He said, I want You, God, to let them know that they're loved like I was loved. I want You to let them know that You love them like You love me. I want You to let them know that I was loved before the foundation of the world, and they're loved. You know what You are? You're beloved in the Beloved. Thank God that ought to bring praise to the glory of His grace. What grace has been bestowed upon people that are genuinely saved. Surely to God that should bring forth praise for the glory of the grace of God.